0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, January 7th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead... On January 7th, 2010, a disgruntled worker opened fire at a transformer factory in North St. Louis. Three people were killed, five others injured.
1: He's a really good guy He just, life got taken too soon.
0: St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman speaks with people about their memories of the ABB shooting. First, the headlines. The St. Louis City NAACP and the Carpenters Union want Mayor Lyda Krusen to restart an effort to privatize Lambert International Airport. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, the two organizations say it could boost investment in North St. Louis and create jobs.
2: The NAACP and the St. Louis Kansas City Carpenters Regional Council have called on the city to release all documents related to the Airport Advisory Working Group. They say the public deserves to see documents submitted by interested companies. From months, Crescent said privatization would boost the region's economy, but she called off the effort last month, citing a lack of support. But the two organizations say the mayor acted too soon. Al Bond is executive secretary of the Carpenters Union. He says privatization would create jobs and economic opportunities in the region. We still believe the revenue from the lease could be a powerful way to address the needs of the city and its residents. A spokesperson for the mayor says her position on privatization hasn't changed. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Environmentalists say a flood recovery advisory group in Missouri needs more representation from scientists and conservation experts. Governor Mike Parson created that group last summer after record flooding along the state's big rivers caused serious damage in many communities. The group of farmers and regulators has released recommendations for addressing floods. Washington University geologist Bob Chris says the report focuses on fixing levies that will fail in the future.
1: All this document is, is trying to focus funding and authority to the ag interest. The people that caused the problem are now de- demanding more funds from the rest of us.
0: The report also supports efforts in northwest parts of the state to move levies away from the Missouri River. Some people, including athletes and military service members, may experience multiple head injuries in their lives. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, Washington University researchers are studying how repeated head trauma may damage the brain.
3: Philip Bailey stands in front of a plastic model of a human head hooked up to a bundle of wires. He presses a few buttons on a computer and a device under the head starts to vibrate. Bailey, a WashU mechanical engineering professor, is leading a study to understand how the brain moves inside your skull. He says many people think of the brain as a hard ball bouncing around, but that's not the case.
0: It's more like a soft gelatin and it's also attached to the skull in various places.
3: In the study, the vibrating device will gently shake volunteers' heads while an MRI machine takes pictures of their brains. The data will be used to create mathematical simulations of how repeated head trauma can damage the brain. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: St. Louis Public Library and the St. Louis County Public Library are now fine free. Those who check out books and other items will no longer be charged late fees. Leaders of both systems are planning to discuss the change today on St. Louis on the Air, which begins at noon on St. Louis Public Radio. It will be streaming on the website stlpublicradio.org. The first mass shooting in the workplace in the St. Louis region occurred 10 years ago today. A disgruntled employee at transformer manufacturer ABB, Timothy Hendron, shot and killed three people and injured five others before turning the gun on himself. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has a look back.
3: At first, the big news of January 7, 2010, was the winter weather. The sun wasn't even up when
0: that changed. Shortly after 6.30 in the morning, our our pagers started to go off.
3: That's former St. Louis Police Chief Sam Dotson. He was a captain back in 2010 and would end up in charge of coordinating the release of information about
0: the shooting. This one had a different tempo to it. Normally it's an incident occurred, officers respond, things are stabilized. This one, something occurred, officers responded, and then more officers, and it wasn't stable and it was very dynamic.
3: As word began to spread that something was happening at ABB, located just off Interstate 70 in North St. Louis, families and friends of those who worked there faced an agonizing wait. Adrian Wilson's younger brother, Corey, her father, Don, and her stepmother, Vicki, all worked at the factory. Her worst memory of the day was a phone call from her dad saying there was a shooter in the building.
1: And he could not get a hold of my brother. And if I would try to call my brother to see if he would answer, and so i did, and obviously he didn't answer.
3: Corey Wilson was one of the three people killed. Don made the identification. Adrian had just as hard of a task.
1: I had to call my mother who lived in Colorado and let her know that you know my brother, her son was shot and killed.
3: Corey was only 27 and had been at ABB for just five years, but he was already a supervisor, something that didn't surprise Adrian.
1: He just worked really hard and wanted to succeed, and he was determined to do that. He's a really good guy who just. Life got taken too soon.
3: Interviews with survivors and witnesses would paint a chilling picture of what happened inside the factory. Hendren fired more than 115 rounds from at least three different weapons, including a high powered rifle. Police were never able to determine a motive. Hendren had been part of a lawsuit against the company over the way it was handling its pensions. He'd also been demoted when ABB eliminated a production shift. The day could have been even more tragic, says Dan Isom, who was then the chief of the SLMPD. For one, the ongoing snowstorm meant people were late to work, reducing the number of potential victims.
2: The other thing is the fact that the lieutenant on the scene made the decision to to breach the door. Had they not gone in, I mean, he could have systematically gone through that building and you know killed a lot more people and injured a lot more people.
3: Hendren still had hundreds of rounds of ammunition on him when police found his body. He had shot himself within 15 minutes, but it took SWAT teams nearly three hours to determine the scene was safe. Police set up a media staging ground less than a mile from the scene, but sometimes there were very few updates. Dotson says the department had to make sure it had the latest information before going public.
0: It's very, very difficult to to give a a true and accurate picture because it changes not minute by minute, second by second.
3: Both Dotson and Isom appraised the 300 officers who responded to ABB throughout the day. But Isom acknowledges that SLMPD wasn't fully prepared for a mass shooting in 2010. Columbine, in 1999, had taught police that the first officers on the scene of an active shooter have to enter the building. But just half of St. Louis's force had received the necessary training.
2: The second thing that we found is that we didn't really have the right type of equipment for line officers.
3: That included rifles, shields, and entry tools. Though the city was just emerging from the financial chaos generated by the Great Recession, Isom says funding wasn't the reason for the delay.
2: It may have just been more of not really thinking through all the things that would be needed for a line officers to really do or accomplish what we were asking, train, SWAT, and equip SWAT officers to do previously.
3: Dodson says the department was much better prepared to react when he took over as chief in late 2012. By that time, all officers had undergone active shooter training and the department had purchased the needed equipment. Though St. Louis has avoided another ABB-like tragedy, nearly 2,000 people have been killed or injured in mass shootings over the last decade. And every one opens up a wound for Adrian Wilson and her family.
1: The best way that my family, personally, that we can deal with this senseless violence is we started our association, the Corey Wilson Scholars Association, and it has allowed us to kind of carry on his memory.
3: If we can show a little kindness, she says, maybe it will eventually overshadow all the gun violence in the country. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway.